0: A crazy Vikings game. They get up to the big lead, 29 0. Steelers come marching back, score four touchdowns on five possessions. And uh, it takes a Harrison Smith pass breakup in the end zone on the final play of the game um, in order for Minnesota to hang on to that one, nearly giving up the biggest lead in NFL regular season history. Uh, they found a way to make it a one score game. We all knew watching that game when it was 23 nothing at halftime and then 29-0 uh, halfway through the third quarter, that somehow, someway, the Vikings were going to make it close. And they did just that, BG and Zach. And, uh, I mean, Dalvin Cook, he was awesome. We can talk about him. We, we can talk about uh, all the awesome things the offense and the defense did in that first half. But when it comes down to it, this is a team that's super inconsistent. They've been inconsistent all year. And this this game against the Steelers, this this game of two totally different halves, was really a story of the season so far for the Vikings.
1: Yeah, like you said, we almost got to witness history there on Thursday. And it just, it's the perfect thing for this 2021-2022 season the Vikings are having. Just every single game is so close. We're, we're out of it at one point, and then we come back in it. But mo- more than likely... Have a, we have a clear chance to win the game and then, what do you know, they're kicking a game-winning field goal or at least they have a chance to win. Um, and that's in large part due to our two-minute defense in both the first half and second half. I saw that if we haven't given up any points in either the f- final two minutes of the first half or second half, we'd be undefeated so far this year, which obviously that's a lot to ask, but <clears throat> shows how valuable those points are. And we saw it in the second half against Pittsburgh where they marched it down our throats. We got more conservative on offense and those final two minutes, anything could happen. I was expecting a a Friar touch. I think it was Friar to catch it it in the end zone there, but Harrison Smith made a great play to knock that ball out. Um, But once again, you can't get through a Sunday. And in this case, a Thursday without, having a heart attack, watching the Vikings, even if you're playing the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger who has a Twinkie for an arm right now, even when you're up 29 to zero, it's just all, they're always going to come back. And I think in large parts, that's due to coaching. You can't make an excuse for this one, especially when you have so many other stuff go wrong this season, when you're up 29 to zero in the third quarter, you should be able to put the game away and we nearly lost that to Ben Twinkie Roethlisberger. Yeah,
2: I, I felt like both both teams were didn't want to win that one at, come the, well, it, it changed hands. You know, first, first, second, and third quarters, Vikings wanted to win that one, and Cook was doing everything he could in his power um, to get us a W, and then all of a sudden, Pittsburgh started playing, and uh, got their head out of their key series, and they're like, all right, let's, let's try to win this game, and then at the very end there, no one wanted to win, and it was ridiculous, and Claypool was helping us out mightily, that game with some of his antics. Um, but I don't know what it is when he's, well, in this case it was, I don't think they scored within the last two minutes. They almost did. Um, but let's just say the end of the game here, I don't know what it is. Literally in NFL history, it would have been the biggest comeback ever. Um, and I, I just think, uh, going into this Monday night game versus the bears at soldier field. I know we'll probably get into that. Um, I don't know how much I'm gonna watch that game. I really don't. I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know. I I s I don't know. That was a crazy game. And I, I think that uh I think we should be pretty embarrassed about what happened there, even though we did pull out a win and Cook had one of the best games of the season. Um I, I, I was pretty embarrassed to be sitting around a bunch of non-Vikings fans and having to explain myself. Every time, you know, the three touchdowns in five minutes by the Steelers. And it was, it was, it was embarrassing. It was absolutely embarrassing. One of the more embarrassing games I've been a part of. So yeah, that's, in uh, that's my two cents.
0: Yeah. Dalvin was amazing. Let's talk about him for just a second, two weeks removed from a dislocated shoulder. Um, and after that week 12 game, it was also announced that he had torn his labrum in his other shoulder. I think it's his right shoulder and left shoulder. He has the dislocated shoulder. Uh, to come back two weeks after that is, and then to run for 200 yards is unbelievable. And granted that the Steelers are the second worst um, defense against the run. I think the Vikings are the only team worse than them. Uh, so it was two terrible run defenses going at it. But still, Cook was, am- was amazing. And I think it was probably the best blocking game our offensive line particularly that interior line which they shuffled around they shuffled the whole offensive line around they stuck with it on Thursday night and it seemed to pay off for this coaching staff at least in the first half they were dominant Cook was getting big holes and they were just eating up those guys in the middle and making Cook get one-on-ones with guys in the secondary and he was just bouncing it outside running for 30 yards um, 20 30 yard chunks at a time and it was just awesome to watch that defense came out firing firing I think they had three Three and outs to start the game. And like we said, 23 nothing at halftime, even with the kicking issues. Missed extra point, missed field goal. Still up 23 rip. It's the first time in like 10 weeks the Vikings, maybe all season, honestly, uh, that the Vikings haven't given up either a field goal or a touchdown in the last two minutes of the first half. So, I mean, that's those are all good things. Five sacks for the defense. Um, granted, it was against Ben Immobile, Twinkie Arm. Uh, Roethlisberger but uh, the the defense played good and I was I, I'm been pleased with the way Clint Kubiak has seemed to grow into this rollout offensive coordinator they seem like they're the last three four weeks they've been a little bit better at, at least in terms of creativity getting the ball to Justin Jefferson and now this week opening up the run game with Dalvin Cook so there's been some good things and, and there's some reason to be optimistic but then you just look at the second half you look at what this defense did you look at the The uh, Chris Boyd taunting penalty on fourth down, which in my mind really changed the game. I mean, you're you're talking about, I think it was 29-7 at that point, uh, a fourth down where I think they were going to punt it. And nope, it's a first down. They go down and score their second touchdown in consecutive drives, and they get back into the football game. But if you eliminate these stupid penalties, this team could be great. But the problem all year is they can't eliminate the stupid penalties, the stupid mistakes, shooting themselves in the foot. And it's been the same story all year. I think they have a chance now of getting into the playoffs. Do I think they'll do anything? No, I don't. BG, Zach, any other thoughts?
1: Yeah, the last thing I wanted to say, and it's no surprise here, is just Dantzler and Breland are so, so bad. It it (laughs) hasn't changed throughout the season, but they're just a liability wherever they are on the field. Yes, Breland um, had an interception, uh, which fell right into his arms, and he made one good play there, but Teams are learning that they can just go wherever Breland is, wherever Dantzler is, and they're either going to get a completion or more than likely they're going to get a pass interference because these guys don't know how to play defense without holding a guy or not turning their head around the ball. I don't know what it is, and I don't know what they're getting coached, but from week one until now, absolutely nothing has changed. And, yeah, Claypool and Uh, Deontay Johnson made some great catches this past week, and especially Claypool. He had a couple great plays other than his tantrum, but just still, I don't know about you guys, but when you see a deep ball and Patrick Peterson is not on coverage, I feel that there's no way we get away with that without a catch being made or interference being called. And that's how you can come back in games. When you're down 29, you just start heaving the ball. Your receivers are going to make good catches on our horrible cornerbacks, or they're going to get a penalties. it's been a week-in, week-out occurrence, and I don't think we have a solution for that based on our roster. You
2: no, know, I, dude, I, we were watching the game here, and that's what we were all saying. Like, you know, if the Steelers really, really, truly wanted to win this game, and obviously they did, but at the same time, uh, I don't know. Anyway, different story, but um, all they had to do was just throw it up, throw it up, you know, 40 yards uh, to um, – uh, Breeland's out of the field. That's all they needed to do. And every time it was going to be a penalty. And and I think Deontay made an, maybe it was Claypool, a couple, there was a couple unbelievable catches made. Um, but at the same time, I think they had called flags on them too. Like it wouldn't have mattered. Um, and it, it's just, and I know I'd said, I'm not going to watch the Vikings game, but I'm going to watch it. And that's, that's the one thing that the bears, I think they, they are for sure a worse team than we are. There's no doubt about it. Like we are a good team. We're the, definitely the best, team in the league with our record there's no question about that um but dude if, if that's if they watch any film from last last week they'd be like oh okay let's 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 take alan robinson out there and let's just well obviously we have the choice of who we put our guys on <laughs> but if reeland's guarding him just fucking throw it up to him every time i don't understand that's it's a cheat code and it's literally i think the steelers could have won that if they started utilizing that a little more and i don't know why teams don't just um totally embarrass us like that more than they do because they do do that Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. And, and we, I don't know. I don't know why Breland's still on our team. I feel bad for him. Not many people do feel bad for him. They just kind of hate him. I kind of feel bad for him. He just, he's really bad. He's really bad, but it seems like he really cares. Yeah. Um,
1: And he thinks he's really good.
2: Yeah. 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 And it's a business. It doesn't really matter um, about that. They're getting paid money. They should really, they should perform, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know why teams aren't just going up there every every play to breland and just you know why not why not like a third and seven just be like all right let's see what happens yeah, let's just throw it up there and chances are something's going to happen and sealers game that fourth quarter they proved you know, was proven that was the, that was the case so
0: yeah and we didn't see a ton of Dantzler. i i wasn't uh i wasn't as mad at breland as i as i am at Dantzler still for just the way he's played in the in the way he's been coached maybe as well but dancler when he got in after that chris boyd penalty he, he's just terrible. I mean, he's scared to tackle. He's scared to cover. He's scared to let guys get close to him, so they'll just backpedal and keep getting depth when guys are running outs and, and, and stops and slants. And he's just getting depth. He just keeps getting depth because he's, he's, like, paranoid about people going over the top on him, people running for the deep ball. So he just continuously backpedals. And then when there's a guy, when it's clearly a run play, and that kicks to the outside or it's a screenplay or whatever, he is so timid, and he's often out of position. And it just creates these awful matchups for us on the outside that even with one of, if not the best, safety in the NFL, Harrison Smith, there's only so much he can do. There's only so much protecting he can do with running two-man and I guess to answer your question from earlier, Zach, why teams aren't just throwing it deep to Breland's side of the ball every play, well, it's because a lot of the times the Vikings are playing two deep safeties, and Zimmer knows that, and he has to put two safeties back there to protect those terrible corners, and hmm. this game it was Breland. So they can throw it up, but then they got the all-pro, all-world safety Harrison Smith coming over the top who's going to get a couple of interceptions if you just keep throwing it up, and he's playing yeah. 10, 15 yards back on so many of these snaps, particularly at the end of games for – in some cases, no reason at all, but uh, I guess it worked out on this, this time because he he was able to make that incredible play in the end zone and knock it out. Oh, my out goodness, yeah. Thank Friday's goodness for hands. him. Game, who knows what would have happened? We could have lost that one. Oh, definitely, definitely. If that game goes to overtime, I bet the Vikings lose for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and let's talk about Chase Claypool for just a minute. He did make some spectacular catches, but how hilarious uh, was that celebration when they pick up the first down? <laughs> I think it was fourth and two. He runs yeah. like a 10-yard slant picks up the first down and then he's kneeling down and I didn't even think the the kneel down celebration was that egregious because all the defense or all the offense alignment and defense alignment were running were, st- were still running up to the ball. so they wouldn't have been able to spot it right then anyway. Uh, I mean, it was still super weird. you never see people do that in the waning seconds of an NFL football game when you're trying to get the ball spotted. But what was really hilarious is then when he tried, I think the center ran over to him and the ref got in the way and that knocked off his arm. And it takes like another six seconds uh, for them to finally set the ball. And they definitely would have had at least one more play without that uh, fumble between the center and and Claypool. But I thought that was just hilarious. Yeah, they didn't have that.
1: He freaked out at his offensive lineman too after the ball was snapped, just arms up in the air yelling at him for him to go out there and do that. I'm just thinking like, man, how immature are you? You're obviously young, but you're in, in the NFL. You deal with like media and so many people every day. And you're still that immature that you, you're you not, or maybe immature is the wrong word, maybe naive, but you're, you're not aware of the situation around you. So you celebrate for those five seconds. And then the lineman who's trying to help, even though maybe he was partial, um, in fault for the ball getting loose there you just yell at your teammate for doing that and then after the after the game i don't know if you guys saw the post-game interview but he was still sticking to his story that they wouldn't have lost any time if the lineman or whoever else did not come out there and poke the ball out it's just i'd be so pissed if i was a sealers fan and this 22 year old receiver who's addicted to making tiktoks and dancing Pre-game and post-game and making locker room videos is trying to celebrate with 20 seconds left when the uh, game is coming down to it. I I was angry at him and I'm not even a Steelers fan, obviously. So yeah, screw screw,
2: Claypool. I I was super confused why the ball shot like we just kept rolling and I thought that a Vikings um, lineman just kicked it out of the way. Um, but they didn't have a good angle on on the play. I was, we were like laughing. We were like, "What is?" That was just the most bizarre play you'd ever seen at the end of a game. Um, and the fact that he like said that he was complaining about it going on like of all people, what he did to set that up like, I, how how thick can you be? I don't know. I I don't know why the I don't mind Juju Smith, um, but what what's up with the Steelers getting these kind of wide receivers that. Um, and, and I suppose Antonio Brown could be one of those guys. He probably didn't make too many TikToks, but these guys, I just think they're above everybody and that they're, I and mean, then these TikToks, I can't get over. It. It's like, dude, you're the NFL. Did, you don't do those things. It just, it's a bad look for the, well,
1: then the game. But good yeah. old Good old Friar who's Nothing but playing football. Nope. He he lives and breathes football. Um, He's the next Heath Miller.
2: Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Heard it here first. I like Friar <laughs> Um, yeah, he's uh, he's the one bright spot on a pretty dark dark Steelers team right now. I can't believe they're still in the hunt.
0: Yeah, but I, I can't believe we're still in the hunt. Well, either. it's <laughs> it's that seventh playoff spot that's just I, it's it's amazing it's how many in teams face. are worth in one game. There's going to be a game. bad
1: team in every single year.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. They
2: should not have done that. That doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, I mean it's good for us this year, I guess. If you're a yeah a fan of Vikings playoff football, which I normally am, but I don't want this team to go to the playoffs. I'd like them to lose every game from here on out get the next well, best think draft our, pick possible. What's yeah, think, think of our past playoff history though like when when we've
2: been, you know, not expected to win a game, like we go to the Saints, um that I can't remember when that was, go to I think we had the Superdome 2019 beat the Saints there like no no one thought that was going to happen. Even was like even if anyone admitted that or like thought, like oh yeah, the Vikings are going to win. So, no, n- no way. Go to the Superdome and win that game. And so I, I feel like I kind of like us as underdogs in the playoffs more than, you know, us Clinching the division. Um, either way, it'd be nice to see us in the playoffs. But uh, if we got to go in at the seventh seed and you know beat the Cardinals, you know so be it. Because then you know at that at that if that's the case, then we we get creamed by the Cardinals thirty eight to seven. Then it's like okay, yeah, who gives a shit that that was probably going to happen, probably should have happened. But um, that's just kind of where I'm at with Vikings football right now.
0: Yeah, I just feel like the floor is so low for this team and the ceiling is so high. That if they do end up getting in, it'll be—I mean, it's going to be a tough matchup. Whoever plays them, it's going to be a close game. I think yeah. at, at this point, it's been ten or it's been nine out of the last thirteen. Nine of the thirteen games we played have come down to the final play of the game, which is an insane stat. So I mean, it's going to be a good game for the NFL, if for the ratings at least. If the Vikings do get in, and I think they could beat anybody. I really do. Anybody on either side, AFC, NFC, they could beat anybody. That's how good this team is when they're good but when they're playing bad and when they're inconsistent which has been all year they could lose to anybody so that's why i just don't see this team winning three road games and then winning a neutral site game against uh, not that they can't do it i just don't see the consistency there and we haven't seen it all season so yeah. i mean we'll see what happens but uh
2: i'm going to go on uh, radio silence here there Over. we go
0: uh bg let's talk wolves for just a minute here uh snapping the five game win uh five game losing streak rather On Sunday with a win over the Portland Blazers, 116-111. to Russell, uh, D'Angelo Russell, rather, back in action after missing, I think it was three games, with a sprained ankle. 18 points for him, five rebounds, five assists, and two steals. He played 35 minutes in that game, and it was the first Minnesota Timberwolves win in Portland since 2016. Um, I haven't watched really any games since the first couple BG But uh, from John Krasinski's point of view on The Athletic, Russell made all the difference last night, and he's probably uh, the most important player on on this team right now. Not the best, not the most entertaining, but the most important. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I haven't been watching too much in the recent losing streak either. Um, But from what I've seen of the highlights and the box score, looking back through it, um, especially this last game winning in Portland, Didn't know it was since 2016, our last win, which is embarrassing because we play him so much. But a win is a win, and we'll take it. But yeah, D'Lo has been coming in the clutch uh, pretty much this whole season. I'll say at first, I haven't been a huge fan of him on this team since we got him. I thought that the hype with him was greater than what he's performing right now, and he didn't really fit the system great. But so far this season, he's been a really bright spot in that, third head that we really need as a three-headed monster um, in Towns, D'Lo and Edwards, certainly a three-headed monster if we play to our potential, but D'Lo has been clutch and he proved it in Portland again, hitting those clutch threes down the stretch, um, allowing us to come back into the game and then to seal the game at the end where Towns isn't going to be that guy. Edwards is sometimes going to be that guy, but he's inconsistent. Where D'Lo, when he's healthy, he seems to be a consistent guy, especially this year, who's going to drop at least upper teens to twenty points a game and and make those big shots when everybody's looking at him. So um, when we ha- when we have these th- our big three playing, I think that we can match up to pretty much anybody in this league, and we've done it so far this year. It's just keeping those big three healthy and our role guys like Jared Vanderbilt and Nas Reed and Jaden McDaniels complementing our big three. And I think when we do that, we have a a good team that's not top heavy and that's pretty deep. And it's just being consistent with the young roster and staying healthy. Like I said,
0: Yeah. The wolves improved to 12 and 10 now with Russell in the lineup. Oh, and five with him outside of the lineup for the Timberwolves. So clearly the, uh, the record is a lot better. We, we haven't won a game without them this year. Wolves in action tonight again on the road at the Nuggets, looking to make it two in a row. Um, let's stick with basketball here. Let's go on to Gopher Hoops. Huge win, BG, on the road over the Michigan Wolverines, 75-65. Jamison Battle, 27 points, 21 of those points came in the second half, and the Gophers shake off a four-point halftime deficit to get the first Big Ten win of the season and the first Big Ten win of Ben Johnson's career. We talked about it before this season started. I don't know if any of that was on the pod. It might have been. But we, and maybe Andy as well, and I don't know if Zach was on board with this, but we didn't think the Gophers were going to win a Big Ten game all year. And now they're 1-1 and with a, a win over Michigan and a loss to Michigan State.
1: Yeah, I was, very, I was very vocal about that earlier on in the season. I didn't think the Gophers were going to win a Big Ten game if they did maybe one. And to be one and one right now and to finish up that Michigan State game, only losing by, I think, eight maybe, seven or eight, mm-hmm. um, against a rate team for your first Big Ten game as players and as a head coach, that was pretty impressive to come back like we did. And then to win in Michigan our first time, Uh, since 2011 as a program and just your second Big Ten game. It's even more than impressive. I don't know what word is the right word to describe it, but I was shocked when I saw the final score that we went into Michigan and not only beat them, but beat them by double digits. It's just a credit to Ben Johnson getting this team to buy in and all of our guys working together, competing as a team. Um, I I was at the Michigan State game and – I just thought that we were outmatched uh, skill-wise and that the guys on our team could not compete in the Big Ten level against these Big Ten athletes that are recruited all across the country from many Power Five um, big-time schools. And then looking at the highlights against Michigan, Peyton Willis hitting huge shots in the first half and down the stretch. Like you said, Jamison Battle going for 21 points. These guys were hitting tough shots, tough fadeaways, contested three-pointers that – you have to make to play in tough Big Ten matchups and to beat good Big Ten teams. So I was really surprised and super happy that we were able to do that. And a common theme for this Gophers team this year has been turnovers. And we don't really turn over the ball at all, which is so surprising for a group who's never played in the Big Ten together. Um, We had zero turnovers in the first half against Michigan, which is just unheard of for the guys we have on the roster and going into a road Big Ten environment. I think it was the, maybe the first home game for Michigan, so loud crowd and everything. To not turn over the ball once in the first half, that's for sure what a large part of what got us that win. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it happened, and I, I hope that our success continues against better opponents once we get back to the Big Ten schedule.
0: Yeah, it was Michigan's Big Ten home opener, and the place was rocking. They were unranked at the time and still now. They were getting some votes, I believe, two weeks ago. But at one point this season, I think it was mostly preseason, and then after they lost a couple games early on, but they were ranked fourth in the country at one point. Uh, And that place was rocking. It was a sold-out crowd, and they were going nuts there. And for the Gophers to go in and get a win in just their second Big Ten game with this incredibly new Big Ten team, I mean, this is basically an entire rebuild from last year's squad uh, all, all the key playmakers, for the most part, transfer out, and you're left with transfers and new guys, and, and it's the transfer from George Washington right now, Jameson Battle, who's just been carrying this team. Uh, you mentioned Peyton Willis. He had he had 17 points. Luke Lowy had 14. EJ Stephens, 13 points, and the defense in the second half in particular was what made all the difference. Uh, Hunter Dickinson had 19 points uh, and 10 boards on the night for Michigan, but I think he only had like six points in the second half. Um, I have it marked down somewhere here. Five points in the second half on two of seven shooting um, after a pretty big first half for him. And he's a stud inside. And going into this game, you'd think just from a matchup perspective, we're way outmatched against Hunter Dickinson, who's going to be probably a player of the year candidate this season. And for the Gophers to go in and match up with him as well as they did and then to hit free throws down the stretch and to really close that game out in a hostile environment on the road, big step for this Gopher team. And a big step for recruiting as well. If, if Ben Johnson, Minnesota guy, played here, grew up in Minnesota, if he wants to lock down the borders and start keeping some of this talent in the state, that's a good way to do it by beating a, a rival Big Ten team who's probably taking some Minnesota guys every year, or at least every couple of years. And if they're not going to Michigan, they're going to Michigan State. And so if they can lock down these borders by beating some of these rival teams, now you got to beat Wisconsin and then the Iowa's and, and Indiana's and Illinois's and all that stuff. But this is a big step uh, for big, for Ben Johnson's team. Happy to see them win. Uh, now they move on to three game stretch against non-conference teams. They take, they play Texas A&M Corpus Christi tonight. That game is going on, or I guess Tuesday night, that game's going on right now. They play green Bay next Wednesday, Followed by something called Elkhorn State the following Wednesday before they get back to Big Ten play on the second of January they play Illinois at the Barn. Um, let's move on BG to a little Big Ten football. Uh, pretty pretty good news here for, for Tanner Morgan for this offense. They've now had four players from that uh, from this past season say they're coming back: Tanner Morgan, Chris Ottman, Bell, Mo Ibraham, the big ones, and now center john michael schmitz just this week announcing he'll be back for his fifth year um, and he's going to be a favorite now for the center uh, it's the center of the year it's called the remington trophy uh, but gopher sports publishing that he'll be an early candidate for that uh, coming back for his fifth year to really help hopefully a, a new gopher offensive line again be just as dominant as they were this season one of the best if not the best uh, offensive line in terms of rushing this season in college football and BG, I know there are some recruits that that you were talking about, some guys who were maybe committed to other places, decommitting and then committing to the Gophers this week.
1: Yeah, Fleck or whoever's responsible for it flipped three recruits this past week, one from TCU, one from Nebraska, one from another school. I cannot remember what positions or yeah, I can't remember what positions they are. But I mean anytime you hear that, especially during the off season, or I guess right at the end of the season when you're not doing huge recruitments, um, it's definitely good news. uh, Paired with the guys who are coming back, it's looking like another promising year for the Gophers, maybe even a more promising year than last year once you have a healthy Chris Ottman-Bell for the whole year and uh, Mo Ibrahim obviously coming back. So um, I'm excited to see what these guys have in store and maybe we'll even be a projected top 25 team to start off the season.
0: If they win the uh, oh sorry I'm thinking I'm thinking go for football or go for basketball for a second, but if, if they go for basketball win the next three, uh, just jumping back to them, they could be ranked as well. Uh, I, I know they're not against any good teams, but if you get some losses from those teams in the 20 to 25 range, they could be ranked as well to go for basketball go for <laughs> football. I mean depending I guess on who else you get back on the offensive line, I think there's a couple other guys who' have still yet to make their decisions. Daniel Philela, he's gone for sure to the NFL. Uh, but there's a few other guys who are yet to make the decision. So, depending on who you have back, I guess depending on how the ball game goes as well, I would not be surprised at all to see this gopher team ranked in the top 25 preseason. And that would be awesome. That would be totally awesome. Um, I don't know if Zach is still listening. He's still on the call, so maybe he's ready to yep. go. Uh, yeah, ready well, yeah, let's do a little pick segment here. I'll break Stay. down what happened last week, and then we'll get into this week. Um, so a huge week from Zach. He won the week uh, by far. He went five and zero, picking uh, picking the Vikings over the Steelers, picking the Bucks over the Bills. Only one to pick this one, right? He took Navy and plus seven and a half. They actually won the game as well over Army. You had the Rams beating the Cardinals. They did, and then your upset picked the 49ers over the Bengals in overtime to hit for you and to make it five and zero. That vaulted you up to 9 and 6 and now second place in the league. I was 3 and 2 on the week. I'm 10 and 5 overall. BG and Randy, uh, actually, Randy was 1 and 4 this week. He's now uh, 7 and 8, and BG was 2 and 3 on the week. He's now 7 and 8 as well. So 10 and 5, 9 and 6 for Zach, 7 and 8 for Randy and BG. That will bring us to this week. We'll start with Thursday Night Football. Chiefs, minus three and a half at the Chargers. Randy took Kansas City. BG, who do you got?
1: I would love to say the Chargers. I think the Chargers are a sweet team. They are a sweet team, and I like them. But I think Mahomes and the Chiefs are red hot right now, so I'll take the Chiefs.
0: And Zach?
1: Uh, Let's go Chiefs.
0: Yeah, I got the Chiefs as well. I think it's six in a row um, after that week 14 win. Looking to make it seven NRL next week, uh, this week rather, Thursday Night Football in L.A. All right, let's go to next game. It's Saturday Night Football, first Saturday game of the year. That's always fun. We got the Patriots minus two at the Colts. Randy likes the Patriots. I think they were on bye last week. I like the Patriots as well. BG, who do you got?
1: Patriots minus two at the Colts? Yep. Is that what you said? Yep. Um, I'll I'll take the Colts. Hmm. I like it.
2: Zach. I'm going to take the Colts as well. <clears throat> I think this year, these are two kind of strange teams this year. Who would have thought the Patriots after losing week one of the dolphins would be in this position. Um, I think they're a great team. Um, I don't think they're better. Or I don't think the Colts are better than the Patriots, but I think the Colts at home, they've, they've had some weird games this year where they've played out of their minds. And I, uh, I got a good feeling about this one. I think the Patriots snapped their, their win streak.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think it's four in a row coming into this one for the Patriots. Um, might be, might be even. Is it more than that? I think it. I think it might be six.
2: Let me let me look that up. Well, you can go to the next pick. I'll look it up.
0: Okay, I got it right here. Let's see. Uh, okay, so they beat the Bills. They beat the Titans. They beat the Falcons. They beat the Browns. They beat the Panthers. Oh yeah, they beat the Chargers. They beat the Jets. Seven. They won seven in a row.
2: Wow. Yeah, they're hot.
0: Yeah, they haven't lost since October seventeenth in overtime to the oh, Cowboys. Oh. Um, yeah. They got they got it going on, coming out of the bye too. Yeah, I, I like uh actually no, they didn't. No, 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 they played they played on Monday night. What am I talking about? Uh anyway. Moving on to the next game. Packers minus three and a half at the Ravens. Randy likes the Packers. BG, who do you got?
1: I like the Packers. I don't know what Lamar Jackson's status is going to be, but either way, I'll go Pack. Yeah, I
0: believe I he's out.
1: Then I'll
2: definitely go Pack. Is it minus three and a half or minus five and a half?
0: Uh three and a half. I believe. Oh, or maybe it was. Five. Maybe I. Maybe I typed it in wrong. Hang on. Let me. Let me go back to the. Uh, the original. No, you're right. It was five and a half. It's five and a half.
1: All right. I'll still go Packers.
0: Is that, is that yeah, i I like?
2: like, love to see the Ravens do. Uh, let's go Ravens! Yeah, let's that's go. so Raven.
0: Let's go Raven. That's so Raven. I think Lamar Jackson is out. I'm pretty sure he's out at least.
2: I like their back. Their backup's so cool. Um, cool guy. Haven't seen him play too much,
0: but he's a cool guy. Who's their backup again? Away. Huntley. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got a cannon, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, dude. He well, and Who's he, he kind of looks UCLA? like he's kind of Lamar-esque. Not not so much. Obviously not to that caliber. But what the hell does that mean? What? But, <laughs> Kyle, like he's just he kind of looks around, like he kinda, like has the same kind of game style as Lamar. Um, but he, uh, yeah, his post game interview, he was talking about his mom and his dad, and he he just looked like a kid on Christmas. I was like, dang, this is kind of a guy, likable dude. And instead of picking with my brain, I pick with my heart. I'm going to pick with the pick the Ravens because I uh, think Aaron Rodgers is an ass hat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Huntley, okay. Where I'm trying? Oh, he's from Utah. Utah Utes. Yeah, he, he so does kind of. He does kind of look like Lamar. Um, I like that. I like that. I'll go. I'll go with them, Zach. I don't want to see the Packers win. I pick with my heart too. I'll take the awesome. Ravens and the points. Let's go Ravens. Uh, all right. Last game here before the the upset pick. We got Monday Night Football. Vikings minus three and a half at the Bears. Randy likes the Bears. Speedy, who do you like? Ooh.
1: I'll take the Bears. I see us winning by three or less. Yeah,
0: I don't blame you. In Chicago,
1: out. it's always tough. Yep,
2: yeah, I had the same mindset. I think we're gonna win by three. So I gotta go Bears on that one.
0: Yeah, I mean based on the all the stats really from this season, uh it would point to another A one-score game. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, another one-score game. And on the road, it's usually been a field goal game with the Vikings. But I I think the Vikings finally break their trend of of close games. I think they win by two touchdowns and and play pretty solid for, I guess, I think they've won a game recently in Soldier Field. But they've historically, at least in the last 10, 15 years, have been really bad at Soldier Field. I think they finally break away. And I I think this is a really bad Bears team. I think the Vikings are trending in the right direction right now. I think they knock off the Bears by two touchdowns. We'll call it 10 points. Um, on Monday Night Football. Uh, Let's go upset picks. Randy likes the Bengals. No, excuse me. Let's see who Randy likes. I like the Bengals over the Broncos. Um, It's a one-point spread, so not much there. But I like the uh, the Bengals to knock off the Broncos. BG, who do you like?
1: Yeah, I'll do the Bengals-Broncos, too. I was looking at that and surprised to see the Bengals are underdogs.
0: Yeah, I was, too. Zach?
1: I'm um, going to do another pick from
2: my heart here. I'm going to go uh, the football team over the Eagles. and think it's minus four
0: and a half for the Eagles. I love it. I love- Taylor Heineke is the who's, man. Yeah,
1: who's going to be the quarterback that game?
0: I think he's going to be back, but I don't know. I, I heard in the, the post game, or at least when he was walking off the field, he was talking to somebody, and he said he was fine. But uh, it could be that other guy. He's not bad either, though. Uh, I think it's Allen. He came in. Uh, for oh. a little bit, the that. Panthers.
2: Panthers old quarterback. Yeah, he's not. He's not bad as far as third strings go. Like, would he technically be a third <laughs> string? It's just Patrick, their number one guy for the year, and he's out. Was that how that going worked? into it? He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think that he's pretty. Allen's pretty solid third string.
0: Yeah, he can run a little bit too. But that was an exciting game. I mean, they're getting creamed at halftime. It was kind of like the Vikings. Uh, yeah. Steelers game they're getting creamed at halftime They came back made a game out of it Ended up losing by seven but uh, Nearly came back at home to, to knock off The Cowboys but uh, Cowboys yeah, just a little too. too Much Yeah. Um, Alright here's Randy's upset pick he likes The Texans to beat the Jags Minus three oh, that geez. one
1: That's the toilet bowl
0: in Jacksonville Yeah I don't know how This is probably the only game this year that ja- the Jags Are actually favored to win um, which is I wonder incredible. what
1: the tickets are Going for for that game
0: Oh, it's got to, it's got to be like 10, 15, 20 hour upper deck yeah, seats was, at least. I was
1: trying to go to a game last year and it was like $23 tickets, but they weren't playing the Texans, so. <laughs> yeah. This is really the
2: worst game of the year.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I think it probably is. Did Miami win again this week?
2: They did. I think they're 6 and 7.
0: Wow. Yeah, they're making a comeback too. They, I mean, yeah. if if they had you know, played as poorly as they were to start that season, to start the season, uh, they could be in this two worst teams in the NFL. But, yeah, they've, they've rattled a few off now. But, yeah, this is probably going to be the worst matchup of the entire NFL season. I would agree with that, Zach. Uh, fellas, Unless the
2: Lions, Lions go out to New York and play the Jets or something. Yeah,
0: that could be. Uh, that's very possible as well. Uh, It looks like our Zoom meeting has ended here, so we'll end the show right there. We'll see you guys all next week. There is a house in New
2: Orleans.